with Catherine Toon Podcast. Hope everybody's having a good day or night whenever you're listening to this or watching this. I'm going to start a series about the real gospel, which is too good not to be true. And we're going to have some fun and really revel in what God has, what God has done you know, I think sometimes we simplify things. We think we, we think we got it, particularly in the evangelical church. We think the gospel is about Jesus becoming sin, which he did. But because he had a heavenly father who is a God of justice and wrath and needs to punish sin, as if the punishing sin is the most important part instead of healing sin. And so Jesus, who became sin, uh, was in the, in the flesh and took on the wrath of humanity on the cross, went to the grave, uh, the area of the dead and was resurrected. And what does all that mean? What did it do for us? And, uh, it is a breathtaking study. You know, we have to remember too that. Uh, going to the cross wasn't plan B because God got taken off guard. Uh, he got taken unawares because, oh my goodness, he made these human beings, uh, and they, you know, rebelled against him. And now he's taken off guard and, oh gee, what do I do now? He's actually the lamb slain before the foundation of the world. So, which means God in his omniscience at knowing all things, uh, had the plan completed before the problem happened <laughs> and then walked it out on planet earth, you know, so God literally put skin in the game and, you know, you have to realize when Jesus did that, the father did that and Holy spirit did that. They do nothing in and of themselves. You can't split up the Godhead. If you split up the Godhead, the universe would implode. So it's not a, an angry father, uh, taking out his temper and his need for wrath over sin on his son, who becomes the whipping boy. No, it's, it's God yielding to human wrath, human, human ways of being that rebel. And that required that so that he could dive into our delusional state and heal it in order to heal it, uh, not condemn it. Now, sin was condemned, but sin is not us. We are his sons and daughters. So we're going to explore this uh, with some incredible uh, happy scriptures. Um, and so uh, let's go to uh, Romans 8.28. Um, and we're going to just dive in. It says, and we know God causes all things, pay attention to the alls, to work together for good for those who love God, to those who are called, called according to his purpose. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed in the image of his son, so that he would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And those whom he predestined, he also called, and those whom he called, he also justified, and those whom he justified, he also glorified. What shall we say to these things? In awe, this is Paul going, wow. What do, how do we like summon in, take it up? Well, uh, let's keep going. 
if God is for us, who is against us? He who did not spare his own son, but deliver him up for us all. How shall he freely not with him give us all things? There's another all. Who will bring a charge against God's elect? God is the one who justifies. Who is he that condemns? Jesus Christ is he who died, but rather was raised, who has the right hand of God, who also intercedes for us. That means praying passionately for us to get it. Who will separate us from the love of Christ? (laughs) Sorry, that is really good. We can get a ton out of this scripture. Oh, my goodness. Um, And I know it was a long one, but I wanted you to give you a high level of some of the sweeping nature of how what God accomplished for us, what the good news is, what that is. So, you know, in verse 28, you know, God's working all things together for our good. Now, all things are not good. Uh, there's some very, very, very evil things. They are just not good, period. And you don't call evil good, but God can weave the tapestry of our lives. So that's woven in and turned out for good. He's the only one who can do this. That's part of his miraculous nature, part of the mastery of who he is. Now, I wanted to sweep in and really focus on verse 29. For those 29 and 30, it says, For those he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed into the image of his son, so that he would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And those whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. Um, Okay, so these are big words. Nobody panic. (laughs) But they're powerful words. So let's unpack them. And, you know, um, a lot of the Calvinistic um, teachings uh, that basically say that God said about some people to be saved and some people to to be to go to hell. OK, so that's a demonic teaching there. Um, good things that Calvin taught, but that is hell. That is crap. I am sorry. It is because that totally uh, mars the face of God, who is love. How many of you would you would you would set aside some of your children for destruction and some for good stuff? That is not a God of love. That is demonic and satanic. So, um, and I know some of these words kind of can trigger people who were brought up under that with this fear of this hell. Well, like, what if I'm predestined for hell? No, you're not. Let me just help you. Um, but let's talk about this. Uh, so the list goes for new, then predestined, then called, then justified, then finally glorified. Okay. So sorry. I'm just having a little internal happy dance. Please feel free to call to join me. So for new, let's talk about foreign knowledge. That means God knew you before he sent you to planet earth. So let me just ask you, which one of his kids did he create that he didn't know about? Like they kind of snuck in there behind his back. Like every single human being was created in the image and likeness of God by God. God is the creator. Uh, the enemy doesn't create. Uh, people don't create themselves. Um, they were, we have all been created. And because we were all created in his image and likeness, we were foreknown. Okay. So that's what, qual- if you were foreknown, if God knew about you before he sent you, 
this applies to you, which totally drop kicks all this Calvinistic uh, teaching that some, uh, you know, he predestined for other things other than good things. Okay. So you are foreknown. Okay. So, um, and the next one was predestined. So if you're foreknown, you're predestined. Okay. So let's just, so you were foreknown because let me think you're a human being. You're created by God. He was the only one who creates human beings, um, sent into this world, uh, foreknown. You've been known. That's, that's a, to be known is part of being loved because you can't love what you don't know. And you were created in the heart of God before the foundation of the world, created in love. So clearly you were foreknown and then you were predestined. So this is usually the word that that can trigger some people if they were brought up with this Calvinistic teaching that some people were predestined for heaven, some for hell. What? a I, I don't know what. OK, whatever. We'll just keep on going here. But. No. So let's talk about it. And you actually look in the very same verse. You know, a lot of times when we have really bad theology, um, it's because we just haven't read the rest of the verse or the verse, the context. And so it's right there for anyone who will read it instead of just taking stuff out of context and stopping there and then creating their own interpretation of something that has that that's probably that's probably some of the teachings that um, honestly have led people to flee the church. If you think a God created you to go to hell, I don't want to follow that God either. I'm right with you, but that's not who God is. Okay, let's talk about that. So let me go back a little bit. So it says, for those he foreknew, he also predestined. And it you just read the rest of the sentence. What were you predestined for? Oh, to be conformed to the image of his son so that he would be the first uh, firstborn among many brothers and sisters. You are predestined to look just like Jesus, to be conformed in the image of Christ and take your place along with many other brothers and sisters. You are part of God's family and who you really are is breathtaking and beautiful. And where you're not looking like that, feeling like that, acting like that, experiencing that, that is something that God is working on you. He is relentless love and will not let you be less than who you are. You're that gorgeous, amazing and powerful. And sometimes it is, it can, it can feel like hell because if you fight against it, it can feel like hell. But God is saying, honey, that no, that's not who you are. Right. When he doesn't let us get away with lying and self-protecting and, and cheating and doing all sorts of crazy things, because that's not who we are. You are, that is your predestination to look just like Jesus and take your place as sons and daughters of God in the family of God, equally loved, equally valued. That is where you belong. That's what you were made for. Okay. So I hope that is clear. Uh, and then the next thing is then you were called. So when God calls you, number one, he calls you by name. That means uh, he knows you by name. You're not part of the amorphous blob of humanity that God just kind of, well, I'm stuck with you because I'm stuck with humanity. No, he calls you specifically by your name and he identifies who you are. He's calling you to himself. Follow me. Yeah, no, 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 no. Come here. Follow me. No, you're one. No, just right over here. Follow me. 
<laughs> look to me. No, you're looking away. No, look to me. He's constantly doing that, calling you, calling you. And those whom he called, he justified. Well, the word to be justified is to be to be forgiven. God forgave you. You are justified in his sight. He's not saying that the sinful things that you have done, the sinful ways, the, the ways you've been, the, the, the self-protectiveness, the, um, the harm you've committed to yourself and others, the evil things that you've participated in or believed in or all that. He's not saying that's okay. He's saying you're okay. And I forgive you for that, right? You are justified, right? And then the next one is um, finally glorified. Notice that these are actually past tense. So the work is completed, but it's being worked out. It's that mystery of it's finished and you're working it out. Okay. And this is a lot of what's going on in the kingdom of God. It's finished. God already went to that cross. He already was resurrected, took humanity with him when the old man died and the new man was resurrected with Christ in Christ, a new humanity, a new creation. And we're looking around and we go, man, humanity sucks. What is going on? No, humanity, when it doesn't know who it is, sucks because that's not even who truly hu- hu- human beings are. We look just like Jesus. And when we don't know, know that, we suck. I mean, you know, let's just be clear. But so what is God doing? He's glorifying us. He is. That is the active work. You have already been justified. Uh, if you need some uh, some scriptures uh, to say that. Um, uh, let's go to, um, it's his finished work, not ours. And you can go to first Corinthians one thirty. You can go to second Corinthians five twenty one. You can go to Ephesians two, eight through nine. God insists on this point. You have been justified. And if you say you haven't been, if you haven't been forgiven, you're accusing Jesus of doing a crappy job on that cross. So you know what, who are you to say you're not forgiven? Yeah. Okay. Um, and if we think we can add anything to become righteous in this act, to be to be justified means you're righteous or right standing. You're right in his sight. I'm looking at you and you are good. You are approved. You are accepted in my sight. Yeah, I know you've got all this stuff going on. That's why I'm here to save you from all that mess, right? That's what the glorification process are. But in his sight, don't you dare talk smack about my kids. Who can lay a charge against God's elect? It is God who's justified. Who is he that condemns? I always hear God angry when I say that because you're accusing his kids. Do not accuse his kids. Do not talk smack about his kids. That is the accuser. That is the devil. The accuser is the word for the Satan, the accuser of the brethren. How dare you accuse my son, my daughter, In me, there is no condemnation and humanity is in me, whether they know it or not, whether they're tracking with it or not. Do not accuse my sons and daughters. I will convict them in the places where they're not acting righteous. You convict them of righteousness. So that sin that you're doing, that sinful way of being with the sinful behavior. Yeah, that's got to go. It's got to go. But I'm going to help you get there from here because you are righteous, because you are justified, because in his sight that you are clean, holy and undefiled. And it's my job, God's job to clean you up 
in all the places don't that don't know it. That's what ah salvation is. He's going to insist on being the savior. Okay. Um, so um so our salvation is complete and we are working it out. The pe- translation uh of the passion translation tells us to continue to make this new life fully manifested. That's Philippians 2.12. That's that working out our salvation with fear and trembling. Well, your work is finished, but you're working it out. Why? You're renewing your mind, right? You're, you're using your will to say yes to the right things and no to the wrong things instead of saying yes to the wrong things and no to the, to the right things, right? So you're working it out. You're cooperating with God. And that is the glorification process. The salvation from start to finish is done by the championship of God alone. No one else can take credit. There's no savior, but God. There is no savior. There's no salvation outside of God. And when you think about it, outside of God is just a delusion any, anyway, because he's everywhere, <laughs> except in our minds where we, we've, we're deluded and we think he's not present, right? When you turn away from the light, you get shadow. Okay. So let's keep on going here. Uh, so our job as humanity is to agree what, with what God has done, right? And he actually helps us do that. Jesus said, as you remain in me and me and you, you'll bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So the remaining in him is you're agreeing with him. You're walking with him. You're communing with him. You're talking with him. You're saying, oh, okay, I said I, that was wrong. I, I'll repeat it this way, right? You know, and I may feel like I'm alone, but I'm not alone you said you'd never leave me or forsake me. Help me see you here, whatever that is. And he helps us do that. And it's truly humbling. So all that God is asking is for a big yes to him and then ongoing yeses to him, right? Uh, so that we're, we're resisting the enemy. We're submitting to God and resisting the enemy or what the enemy's works are, the crappy thinking, the crappy um, self-protective ways of being, the ways of harming ourselves, violating love or harming others, all of those. And so that brings us to the next point, to be glorified. Let's talk about that. That That is the Greek word, and I'm, I'm sure um, uh, the verb, doxazo, um, and it means to think to suppose, be of the opinion, to praise, extol, magnify, celebrate, to honor, to make glories, to adorn with luster, clothe with splendor, to impart glory to something, to render it excellent, to make it renowned, render illustrious, to cause the dignity and worth of some person or thing to, to become manifest or acknowledged, to come out in the open. That is what God is doing for you. Now, any one of you that uh, maybe have, have uh, been thinking of the scripture uh, that says that I will not share my glory with another in, I believe it's Isaiah. Uh, keep reading. Once again, we run into trouble when we just take something out of context in the sentence or in the passage or in the context of the chapter or in the context of the entire Bible. Um, so we take, no, it's, it says, but I will not give myself to another. The other is all in the context of idols. He's not going to give his glory to idols. He will only share his glory with his sons and daughters. So he shares his glory and that's what he's doing with you, right? 
Um, so let's, he insists on sharing his glory. Uh, and that passage was Isaiah 42, 8, 9. You can go there and read it. That's what people, when they get all upset, when we talk about God sharing his glory with his sons and daughters, you know, but we're worms. No, we're not. We're sons and daughters. Knock it off. Now, your behavior may suck, okay? And that may totally suck. But that doesn't make you sucky. That doesn't make you a worm. That makes you someone who really does not know who you are. You're a son and daughter. He's after to heal that identity because ultimately we will, we will behave out of who we think we are. And if we think we're worthless, we're going to do worthless things. And if we think that we're worthy, we're going to do like, no, that's not worthy of me. I'm not going to do that. Right. And that is a matter of waking up to who you are. So God is constantly after healing you with who you think you are. Okay. So. Uh, la, 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 la. Let's see where I was. I was kind of off my notes. Um, so we are transfigured into the image of Christ from glory to glory. That's first uh, Corinthians 3, 17 through 18. This is, an, and this is an ongoing process. Your glorification process is an ongoing process. So there's a level of glory that you're operating uh, at and you may not see it. Um, but you really are, you can't help it. You're a son and daughter of God, whether you know it or not. Okay. You know, if you have, um, if you have, you are a diamond. And if you throw that diamond in the sewer, the diamond becomes loaded with crap, with dung, and it may be packed on there and you may look like crap and you may smell like crap and you may be all slime covered and all this kind of stuff, but the diamond is there. The value of the diamond has not changed. So what do you do? You dive in and save the diamond. That's what Jesus did. He dived into the sewer of our deluded, sinful ways of being, depraved ways of being. I didn't say identity. I said ways of being to pull humanity out of its fallen version of itself, fallen ways of being, our strongholds, our mindsets, all of those things um, to pull out the diamonds and clean up the diamonds. So what do you do with a poop covered diamond? You don't throw it out. No, you clean it up and it sparkles. And maybe you need to polish it up. Maybe it's a little bit of a diamond in the rough. So what do you do? You polish it, you mold it, you all these different things. This is being conformed in the image of Christ because the value is intrinsically in there to have it intrinsically. It's just a part of who you are. You can't separate it. It's part of who you are. And so that's what God is doing. And he does this from glory to glory to glory. And the word said, as we look at him as in a mirror. Well, what does that mean? When you're looking at the word and Christ as the word, you're looking at the person as you look at him, you're actually seeing yourself in your flavor. And that unveils, that peels off another layer of delusion about who you are so that the glory that's intrinsically in you is being revealed and unveiled, right? And you are being conformed into the image of Christ. That is your predestination. That is your destiny and taking your place in the family of God. You are a beloved son. You're a beloved daughter. And God is unwilling to do without you. And because of that, he will discipline you. The word discipline does not mean beat the crap out of, okay? Discipline needs to be trained. It means to be taught, right? 
And sometimes the teaching and training can be vigorous. It doesn't always feel good to be corrected, does not feel good. But as the word says in Hebrews, it yields a peaceable fruit of righteousness. What is that? That means you start looking more and more like Jesus, like who you are in your flavor. Isn't that amazing? And that is what God is doing. He's do, He will not stop until you're fully conformed into the image of Christ in your, in your flavor and take your place as a beloved son. The word of God says, as he is, so are we in this world. This is who you really are. You are the Imago Dei. Imago Dei is just Latin for the image of God. You bear the image of God. You're like this breathtaking diamond. And you may not know you're a diamond, or you may glitter every now and then, or you may be super frustrated because sometimes you glitter, but most of the time you're dull or whatever, but you're in process. And the more you cooperate with God, the more you start to shine and the world needs you to shine. This is what what releases creation from its bondage is when you take your place as a son and daughter of God, shining as who you are uh, without or blemish without shame because that's who you are that requires a boatload of healing and um and that's what god is doing he's healing not punishing he foreknew you he predestined you to be conformed in the image of christ and take your place as a son and daughter he called you by name follow me follow me he justified you you are forgiven you are righteous he who knew no sin became sin that we went be made the righteousness of god in christ jesus he didn't ask your opinion he didn't ask your vote um he just did it now he's asking for your agreement, right? And those he justified, then he glorified. And your glorification process is a lot of your agreeing with what God is saying and really working out all the lies, all the pain, all the trauma, all those different things to to peel off all those false ways of being uh, so that you can shine and you can do the good works which he planned before the foundation of the world for you to do because he made you uh, for that. Anyway, I hope this has been a blessing today. This is part of the true gospel of what God has accomplished and is working out in humanity. Uh, and then you can join me again for part two. I hope you have a great day. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Perspectives with Catherine Toon. For additional information and resources, please visit CatherineToon.com.